0: Welcome, everyone, to Crime Wave, a podcast featuring mystery, thriller, and suspense authors and the stories behind their stories. I'm your host, Bonner Spring, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, with more than 4 million listeners worldwide. My guest today is Ann Moose. Anne has mostly made her living as a technical writer. However, she has a background as an editor and a small book publisher in Berkeley, California, where she earned a degree in social and cultural anthropology from UC Berkeley. And she's also contributed to multiple short story anthologies. In recent years, Annie has written and published three novels, Arkansas Summer, House of Fragile Dreams, and her latest book just released a few weeks ago, When You Read This, I'll Be Gone. Although spanning different genres, each is a suspenseful story highlighting issues about which she cares deeply. Annie currently resides with her husband in Mission Viejo, California, but was raised in Sacramento, has lived in Berkeley, in Arizona, in Paris, and in small towns in Texas and New Hampshire. And I love the way you enter bio, Annie. Her proudest achievements are her two grown sons, John and Paul. Welcome to Crying Wife. Thank you very much. Nice well, I'm you. excited to start talking with you about when you read this, I'll Be Gone. Annie and I were chatting before we came on the air and she mentioned how she came up with the idea uh, for this incredibly twisted story. So I'm curious to hear more about how two separate threads, the way you explained it, two concerns of yours came together to create the, um, the, uh, when you read this, I'll be gone. Can you tell our listeners about that?
1: Sure, so the first two books that I wrote, um, they weren't strictly speaking like thrillers, but they both had kind of thrillerish aspects and I like writing um, suspenseful stories. And I decide, and I also like writing stories that are sort of about, <clears throat> excuse me, themes or things that I care a lot about. So um, when I was thinking about what to do for my third novel, I decided just to try to do just like a straight up thriller in that, in that squarely in that genre. Um, but I didn't really have a solid idea. It was something I had to mull for a while. Um, I like the idea of putting somebody in a situation where they do something Totally against their better judgment. They know they shouldn't do it. And then have a lot of sort of catastrophic, unforeseen consequences kind of snowball from that. Yeah. So I was kind of mulling that. Um, And then at the same time, I had been, um, I was listening to this, well, you know, around that time, I listened to this book called um, Missoula by John Krakauer. It's a nonfiction book. Um, Probably a lot of people know John Krakauer. He wrote Into Thin Air, Into the Wild. Yeah. Under the Banner of Heaven. He's one of my favorite writers. Um, anyway, he wrote this book called Missoula, and it was about these these rapes that occurred on the University of Missoula campus, University of Montana campus in Missoula, and they were. It was a college atmosphere. There was a lot of heavy parting, um, and he really does a deep dive into these these rapes that occurred, the trauma that surrounded the rapes for these girls, and especially the trauma associated with you know when they came forward and accused these boys who who are actually like football heroes um and football is like a really big deal in missoula so anyway it was a it was a pretty you know intense book and i was always listening to i listened to it on tape i was thinking you know that's actually something i think i could write about um as far as like you know did i want to highlight something and especially because my son um he went to uc santa barbara and i heard a lot of pretty Intense horror stories from him about just the extreme amount of drinking that was going on um, around him, and I'd also heard from other people whose kids were in college that that, that they were really concerned about the, what they were hearing in terms of just the really the hard drinking in particular. Um, I could, you know, when I went to college, I you know I experienced a fair amount of you know keggers and you know drinking beer and stuff like that. But what I was hearing is you know about kids getting blackout drunk, about hard liquor, not beer and also just a high level of drugs and things like that. So I was kind of exercised just about how much of this kind of stuff is going on in college and especially because it really puts girls in a very, very vulnerable position. A lot of girls, are getting, I mean, I've done some reading about this since I got interested in it. And there are a lot of rapes on campus and a lot of it is associated with just with this environment of the girls becoming very vulnerable because they're extremely drunk, the boys out of control. And at that age, of course, a lot of boys are extremely driven to have sex. And so um, so I kind of was mulling around the idea of writing about that. Um, I happened to be in uh, Bozeman, Montana for a book. I got invited to do a book club um, for my second novel in Bozeman, Montana. And I booked myself in this really cool cabin sort of hotel with, that was like right on the Gallatin River, really beautiful restaurant um, uh, outside of Bozeman. And this friend of mine came, the one who invited me to the book club. She came and had dinner with me. And we were sitting in this beautiful environment and talking about what do you want to do next. And she was really heavily endorsing this idea of doing something that would be about college and rape and so forth. And so as I was driving home from from that trip to Bozeman, because I did it in the car, this whole kind of like vision of what I wanted to write just kind of came over me about how to blend my idea of doing something that would be, you know the, the unforeseen consequences of doing something stupid, and this whole college thing. And I actually started it with a woman who was a married woman, having a one-night affair in the actual hotel that I had just stayed in because it was this beautiful. <laughs> and I just kind of like I just literally like practically wrote the book on this two drive two day drive home from Bozeman, Montana. And I came home and um, and I just started writing it, and it starts out with you know woman she's she's i kind of wanted to make her somewhat sympathetic like she does something stupid she has an affair she's a married woman but i gave her a horrible husband and i and i made her like find a condom wrapper of his in her luggage when she was packing so you know i kind of set it up so that hopefully you're somewhat sympathetic to what she does but she has this one night affair and then comes later to realize that um that this guy that she slept with actually set her up and had an agenda and she finds out she's a writer and she's a college professor, and she finds out that his daughter was one of her students. And he does all these horrible things to her as a revenge thing for um, for what he perceives as her role in the death of his daughter. So it's this kind of like, it turns into a multiple, um, it turns out to a double story uh, with these two stories told and slowly unfolding, you know, what happens to the woman mm-hmm. with this guy, what happens to the daughter, and then at the end, you sort of find out like what it is that makes her um, guilty, as, as far as he's concerned, in the, in her death. That's that.
0: It, that's that's really fascinating. I think uh, I love the way you described it. And um, as an author, you know, for me, how did you get that idea? Has always been one of the hardest questions to answer. I mean, I, I seldom give as coherent a reply as you did, but your answer made me think of something um, that, uh, a Stephen King quote that I wanna, I'm gonna share with you and for our listeners because I've never heard it just, dis- you just basically gave a um, an audio demonstration of the Stephen King quote, okay? Okay, you guys wait for it, all right, I'm gonna read now. This is, Steve- I'm, I'm reading Stephen King, okay. okay. Let's get one thing clear right now, shall we? There is no idea dump, no story central, no, Island of the Buried bestsellers. Good story ideas seem to come quite literally from nowhere, sailing at you right out of an empty sky. Two previously unrelated ideas come together and make something new under the sun. Your job isn't to find these ideas, but to recognize them when they show up. Did I just describe what you told me?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really did kind of just come over me. I think, the, I think the long drive home thing was just like really. That was
0: an incredible cool. gift to you, right? You're just sitting there in the you, car.
1: Driving is is one of the times when I when I find I don't, so I'm probably a danger on the road, but driving is one of the times if I'm plotting a story that I find that I have the most ideas, and maybe that's because you know when you're when you're driving, you're not like looking at your phone, you're not reading something, you're not working, whatever. But um, yeah, it really did
0: just come over me in the car on this long drive home. I think that's really interesting. Um, you've described a bit about the crimes, the fact that you were, were dealing with two different um, were dealing with two different timelines here. The timeline of um, maybe should, why don't you just go back a minute and say the timeline of. London and the timeline of Tom and Valerie, just very briefly, okay?
1: Okay, so and there's going to be spoilers in this, but honestly, it's impossible to have a an interesting is. conversation about a book without. And this is a book. There's a lot of twists and turns. I mean, I kind of like pride myself on trying to like, you know, have kind of create a page turner with stuff you might not expect. So I probably won't ruin all of it, but I'll definitely give some some spoilers here. Um, so so she has this woman. She has this affair um, with this very charming. Very, you know, worldly, attractive man um, in this very, you know, beautifully romantic environment. She fully expects it to be a one night thing. And they agreed that it will be a one night thing. She wakes up and she discovers he's gone. She discovers that he's used her phone to take pictures of her, nude pictures of her while she's asleep. And he's emailed that picture, uh, pictures to like all these people in her email address book, including her her husband, her kids, many of her students, you know, like the dean of her English department. She's a professor at a university, uh, at a California university. So, so she's, she just wakes up to this total, like her life has just been completely screwed up because now how does she explain this? And she, she and so, and she's out of town, she's in Bozeman town and she has a two, two day drive ahead of her. And she's just totally, coming apart as to what to do about this. She ends up making up a lie because she just honestly just can't deal with the situation. She decides to just write a letter and everybody's gotten this email and just tell this big whopper, which is that she was drugged by somebody in the hotel and she has no memory and it's like, please erase it. And you know, I'm sorry, this is just horrible. So, um, and she knows that that's not a great thing, especially in the age of Me Too, or you know, you shouldn't really be making up stories, but um, any case, that's what she does. She finally ends up, um, you know, I won't give it all away. Things happen when she's, when she's before she ends up getting kidnapped, but she ultimately does actually get kidnapped by this guy. And she's completely in the dark as to what's motivating and why he just is bent on destroying her. Takes her up to this place in a remote area. And he basically tells her that the reason he's done all this is because, first of all, he he blames her partially for, for what happens to his daughter. And you don't find out as the reader until the very end exactly what happens. But he believes that since he's turned her into this big news story, she's now a missing woman. She's There's kind of a sex scandal around her. I mean, this, he's created this big, splashy news story around her. And he believes that when he turns her loose, she's getting a book deal. And he tells her that you're going to write that book right here, and the whole point of this book is, is my daughter's story. And you're going to tell my daughter's story. It he gives her diaries. He explains all this stuff. And basically she's held captive to write the story of not just what's happening to her. Cause he understands that when she gets the book deal, they're going to want to know what, what happened to her, but that's why it ends up being a blended story of her experience. Um, and also what happened to his daughter at the university where she was
0: uh, her student. Yep, that's a perfect illustration of uh, two ideas coming together. It certainly worked for that. Now, the two main characters. We're not going to talk too much about what happened to the daughter. Let's leave that one as sort of more okay. of the more of the miss, more of the mystery. Um, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to follow up on. Um, so you were wondering to what extent as writers um, we inevitably bring up some of our own sensibilities, our own flaws. You know, and our own strengths to our protagonists in our books. Do you want to talk about that as relates to probably mostly to Valerie, the the woman who does something stupid and lives to regret it, and then has a whole nother life open up in front of her, kind of. Yeah. Well, this
1: gives me actually a really good opportunity to sing your praises because we had this conversation earlier before we were on the air, and I had read your book, um, Disappeared, which is just it's so stunningly good and fabulous. I mean, that, that, I mean, I, everybody who's listening to this read Disappeared by Bonner Spring. It's absolutely brilliant. But, you know, the, the re, but as I was reading your book, I was just like really stunned by your protagonist. She's just like this butt whipping, <laughs> strong woman, can do woman. And she does things that are so heroic and so brave. And so like out of anything I could imagine myself doing. And in your comment about m- my protagonist or, or sort of something about my book, what, what what you said to me was like, you know, oh, I would have killed Tom. Like like my protagonist, she's pretty compliant. Like she's almost to the level of being like the um, the Stockholm syndrome. Like she goes along with this guy fairly quickly. She doesn't bash him over the head with a skillet or do anything crazy to try to get away. She, she's pretty compliant. And for you, you thought, okay, I wouldn't be that compliant. I would have like, you know, killed the guy. And for me, I'm thinking about your character. Whoa. You know, that, that woman is really just brave and all this kind of stuff. And I just raised the question of, I wonder how much we bring our own. I said, you must be a real <laughs> ass kicker, you know, like, but for me, I'm a fairly nervous person. Like I, I projected onto her, I think, what I think would be my own reaction would be um, probably not, you know, that bold. I'm fairly nervous. I'm fairly, I don't know, I wouldn't call myself meek, but I'm not like, you know, a a very like crazy can-do, you know, kind of person that would necessarily figure my way out of anything besides just, I'm going to write the book. You know, she just really decides she's going to write the book and she gets into it and she doesn't love the guy and she's totally freaked out by what he's done to her life and she hates him for that but she also understands that on some level he's giving her the ability to explain herself and she feels like when she goes back she's going to be better off if she does have a book to sell and if she does have a way to kind of explain herself and what led her to do things that were really um you know not good things but she you know she's at least able to kind of explain what happened
0: yeah. So so you mean that Valerie is a little bit like you? <laughs> I would say that, you know, I mean, I, I projected onto her some yeah. things
1: that like that. Sure. I mean, I was really interested in the yeah. one I stand in a hotel, but I also, you know, she's a writer. Um, mm-hmm. she's somebody who um
0: uh I think has my nervous
1: system, let's put it that way.
0: All right. Well, I would just like to um to to, reassure you and, and all our listeners that my uh my main character is let's call her aspirational it's what i would hope <laughs> i could do in a in a terrible situation like i have put my like i put my main characters into it's definitely does not um reflect anything very uh ninja warrior like about me you
1: know i don't um, mean to overstate you know but your book you're you're, you're your character is very brave and very can do. And, well, and that book is so good. Here's
0: the deal. Here's the deal. What what our characters do, it seems to me, is is try to figure out how they can best resolve the situation that they're in. Right. And your characters made a decision that and she understood, you've already explained that she understood that she could come out of the situation a little bit better. But to go back to disappeared, um, when I when I um when i uh do an elevator pitch for the story it goes something like this which i'm not prepared for you know what would you do if you found yourself alone in the strangest place you've ever been and you didn't know who to turn to for help and sort of that's you know what do you do do you just curl up and die presumably not anyhow
1: I think I'd be whimpering in the
0: corner, but you know, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that my hero didn't didn't whimper in the corner occasionally. but She did actually. Um, anyhow, I really like the way you were able to explain so much of when you read this. "I'll Be Gone," and give us all sort of hints about what goes on, but not um, you know we don't want to spoil the story totally. Um, are you working on um Are you working on something new, Anne?
1: You know, I'm still waiting for the the idea to like, you know, hit me like a, you know, like the epiphany. I, I've been thinking about certain things. Like I like my books to be about something. Mm-hmm. Like I want to tell a good story, but I want it to have kind of have a point. And yeah. so I'm kind of mulling over um, what I might want to do with the next one. And I also think that I do like kind of like the thriller genre. I mean, I like I like suspense, so it'll, it'll probably be another suspenseful story. Um, but this one will, you know, be around some other, um, some other thing. i th- actually, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this because it might not happen. But I'm kind of interested in schizophrenia,
0: um, so I
1: might do something with with that.
0: That would be interesting. You know, at the top of the interview, you mentioned I'm um, getting some inspiration from, from uh, getting some inspiration from John Krakauer's books, um, and he certainly writes about people you know, exposed to, you know, extreme situations. Right. Are there other authors that, you know, whose who's writing have, has inspired you over the years?
1: Oh boy, um, like over the years, I've read so many different things. I mean, I actually started out reading, getting most, I read mostly nonfiction for years and years and years. Well, that's um, what I was
0: wondering sort of when you mentioned him because um you know that's he, I, I mean I just remember um, what was the first book that um we picked up the Mount Everest one Into oh, the Air into the Air that's right yeah so you yeah, I lot of love movies.
1: I love mountaineering stuff like I I kind of had this weird obsession with mountain climbing and mountaineering and survival stories and things like that so I kind of I mean I sometimes think that I might want to write a survival story um this this new one you know that just came out has a little bit of that in there but not much but um but yeah no i've read a lot of things i've i i love to read history i love <laughs> memoirs that take place in in far-flung places i've read a lot of books about that take place in places like china and afghanistan and vietnam um lately i've been i just want to give a pitch for um i've already gave your pitch in a big way which i <laughs> Highly recommend Disappeared. I've been reading a lot of Terry Shames' books. I met her at BoucherCon and really liked her and bought one of her books. And now I'm on the fourth one. She's written this wonderful series with a protagonist who's a small town sheriff called Samuel Craddock. And she's just a great writer. The, her books just go down like water. They're so, they're such a pleasure to read. So, I've reading funny. her. I want to give a pitch for Baron Burcher. I love Baron Burcher, who's absolutely a brilliant writer. He's also one of the nicest people on the face of the earth. Um, he just had one come out called um, uh, *Reckoning*, which is really good, and his writing is just inspired. Um, so, awesome. uh, I, I, another person can't. I, I read a book recently that I loved called *Magdalena* by Candy Sari. It's kind of a spooky-ish story about a about a woman who fantasizes about having a daughter uh, in a small town and. Um, it's a little bit of a ghost story but it's absolutely beautifully written. Um, I just I don't know I, you, when you write writer, you know so many other writers you find yourself pretty much reading all of the people that you that you know. so I've been oh another book, just one more mention of a the book. Um, there's a fabulous book called The Many Lives of Mama Love, which is this memoir written by a woman named Laura love Harden Harden, who tells the most insane story you've ever heard. It's, it's really a story about, horrible things that she did, actually, uh, when she was drug addicted to opioids. She was a mother, but she got addicted to opioids and she was doing like credit card not horrible, like murder. But she was like stealing credit cards and doing all kinds of stuff to to, to support this habit. She ends up going to jail and she describes that. And then she ends up coming out and she describes that. And then she ends up like literally ghost riding for Desmond Tutu. Like, that's the journey this woman takes. And it's, the, it's absolutely brilliantly written, and it's, you can't even put it down. It's, it's fabulous.
0: It's called The Many Lives of Mama Love. So Thank my- you. I am writing that one. I am writing that one down. I've never heard of that. That's absolutely brilliant. I love, you know, the one of the nice things about doing these podcasts is my is a chance to meet people like you who I would never seen a person before today and um and getting to in getting to read their stories. I really appreciate you taking um the time to chat with us. Um, before we go off the air, though, um, can you tell our listeners where you're most active online and how to find you. And also, I think you're doing some in-person events too.
1: Right, so this Saturday I'm doing a, um, a reading at the Avid Reader in Sacramento, which is my hometown, which I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I'll be there with people that I've known since first grade and, you know, I mean, lots of family people and um, old, old friends. And so that'll be great. Um, <clears throat> that's the Avid Reader in Sacramento. And then afterwards, there's a party that the friend of mine is throwing at a cider. Um, a cider brewery called Two Rivers, which that would be fun. I'm doing the book carnival in Tustin um, on October 28th, and um, that's a wonderful bookstore in uh, in Orange County with, a, with Ann Sallers, the name of the woman that owns that store, and she gives a lot of opportunities for for writers to come and evidence there. So that's October 28th. And um, what was the other thing you wanted me to say?
0: Oh, where uh, I can be- where, where where you are on social media? I'm on Facebook.
1: I just started up with Instagram, but I'm not really active there too much. I just kind of
0: just
1: got it. But my book is it's most easily purchased on Amazon and it's in Kindle and, and paperback.
0: That's great. I, I can't thank you enough for coming to take uh, thank you so taking much the for time, time. It just like it was gone
1: in like two seconds. It went by.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> well, I really, I wish you continued success um, with when you read this, I'll be gone, which is such a great name for a book. Um, and you as well. And let me say that I'm going to be reading your other book. Was it called Into the Light? Is it? What's the first for one? The light.
1: Yes, the that light. one. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, reading that. Okay. very, very soon. And I really look forward to it. You're not, you're Thank one of you. my new favorite writers. So
0: oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. I hope you'll come back and visit us again sometime Thank soon. So I'd love that. Um, until next time then, Annie, take care. Thank you.